Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, Calvary Church. How is everybody doing this morning? As we were worshiping this morning, we were getting ready to get started. I was watching faces pour in through the back doors and coming in and having your seat. And I was just overwhelmed at God's goodness. I was looking at, I see my grandfather who taught me to love Jesus. And when I was at my worst, reminded me that I couldn't outrun his love. I noticed Debbie Pilkington, who when I was really little, would send me out with lipstick kisses on my cheek and tell me that God had a plan for my life. And even the guys over here in the youth, I, I think, man, like I'm getting old too because I held half of those kids in the nursery. And that's even our online community. Every week I get and I sit and I, I get to chat with you guys during worship. And most of you, I will probably never see your face, but I pray for you every single day and our church prays for you every single day because you're a part of our family. And my point is that this isn't just this isn't just a, a family thing when we talk about it in the biological sense, but we're part of God's family. We are all brothers and sisters and everybody in this room just about could probably attest to a spiritual mother or father or brother or sister who's in this room with them, who is a part of their, their journey and their story. And so when you guys hear us talk about, when we say welcome home or your family, this is why, because you are home and we are family. So we're so blessed to have you, our online community. Thank you so much for being with us. And if this is your first time with us, your family, and one of the best ways for us to be able to welcome you into that family and get to know you is for you to fill out one of the green connect cards on the seat backs in front of you. A couple ways you can do that, you can scan the QR code on one side or you can flip it over and you can fill that out with, pen, with a pen or a pencil there too. Just drop it in one of the, the offering boxes in the back. Guys, join us online. If this is your first time joining with us, you're gonna see a digital connect card pop up in the chat there for you as well. Uh, fill those out in regardless of how you fill it out drop it in the back, fill it out digitally. Just make sure you stop by one of our welcome centers in one of the lobbies. Uh, one of our volunteers are there waiting. They just wanna reach out and say hello to you personally. They wanna shake your hand and they wanna put a gift uh, in your hand to send you home with today, just to say thank you for being our guest. Again, you guys are welcome here, you're a family. We're so glad to have you with us. And as we shift this time of our worship into our giving, um, you guys are a part of that too. We teach our kids with our with our chores around the house, whatever it is, that we're all part of a family. And part of a family means we all do our part. We all have responsibility. We all have stuff that we contribute. And that's the best way for all of us to join together. And that's in our giving. It's not just about this room, but it's about reaching our communities. It's about reaching the world with God's, with God's good news. And giving is how we make that happen. Um, a couple ways you can do that. You can grab one of the envelopes on the seat back in front of you, or you can give uh, digitally. You can visit us at calvarytriad.church forward slash give or you can use our text feature. Just text GIVE to 84321 and it'll set you up right there. Guys online, you can also uh, give with us. There's a digital uh, giving card that's gonna be popping up there. Again, just click on the link and it'll instruct you through all of that. I'm just overwhelmed. I love being with you guys. I know you guys probably hear say that every week, but I do. I love, absolutely love being with you guys. Um, so thank you for worshiping with us. Let's enjoy the rest of the day. Turn our attention to the screens for the announcements. everyone. My name's Kathy. Welcome to Calvary and thanks for worshiping with us today. 
There's a lot happening at Calvary, and so we wanted to take a few minutes and share a couple of things coming up for you and your family. Fall Fest is this Wednesday at 6 p.m. Woohoo! Bring the whole family for a night of fun and festivities. Join us for trunk or treating, inflatable obstacle courses, face painting, puppets, and so much more. Also be sure to bring a friend or two or three or 14. This is a night to show our community that they are loved and welcome here at Calvary Church. We hope to see you there. Our Kingdom Builders Banquet will take place on Saturday, October 29th at 5.30 p.m. We invite you to join us for a special evening to celebrate the impact God is making locally and all over the world through the generosity of Kingdom Builders. Seating for this event is extremely limited, so we encourage you to sign up as soon as possible. To sign up, visit calvarytriad.church forward slash kbbanquet. We are so excited to have Doug Clay with us on Sunday, October 30th. Doug Clay serves as the General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God USA. He is the Chief Executive Officer providing leadership to 3,000 congregations with nearly 3 million adherents. He is also a champion of Kingdom Builders, knowing it takes committed people to advance the gospel through their generosity and faith. Make sure to mark your calendars for Sunday, October 30th, and be sure to invite a few friends as well. We're so glad you could join us today. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at calvarytriad.church and on Facebook and Instagram at Calvary Triad. Let's prepare our hearts for God's Word. Wow. Well, she did a great job sharing many of the announcements with you, but I just want to highlight uh, this is going to be an incredible week, and uh, I hope you've made plans to be with us next Sunday. If you're joining online, you want to be in the house next Sunday. Uh, Doug Clay, as the video said, is... uh, is uh, our general superintendent of the Assemblies of God. And it's kind of a big deal that he would, he would uh, come and, and, and uh, hang out with us for a week. So just uh, do me a favor and uh, be here, and it'll, it'll be great. It's kind of like when, uh, when mom and dad come over, you want everything to be right and ready, right? You know, as a, as a young adult, you get it, you understand, and you put out all the things out on the shelves that they've given you and passed for prep. No, I'm just teasing you, don't do that. It's going to be a fun week. Here's, here's why I think it's just so significant is because there's a word from the Lord for our fellowship and our tribe, the Assemblies of God, that God wants you to hear next week through um, our general superintendent. It's going to be a fun week. Also, the screens behind me are reminding you, we, uh, as the, when they recorded the video, they didn't know exactly how many spots were left available to volunteer for the Fall Fest. There's about 16 spots, opportunities for you to serve others at the Fall Fest this coming Wednesday. If you haven't signed up, you can do that. Um, the QR code there on the screens, or if you want to uh, check in with the, the, the uh, Calvary Kids staff there in the uh, kids area after service, you can do that as well. It's going to be a great Wednesday night here on the, the property. This is not just for kids. So some of you say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm too old or, or whatever. No, this is for families. It's a family event. So um, I just want to encourage you, if there are those families in your your community and your neighborhood that uh, you just feel like, boy, they're inviting them to church is sometimes that high bar. It's like, ooh, Sunday morning or whatever. This is an easy one. This is an easy, just a fun, to be out on the parking lot, candy and food and just all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, different things for the kids um, will be there as well. So um, take advantage of that this Wednesday. Well, if you uh, can't tell, we're, we're taking a little departure today from our series, The Story Continues. 
and there's a big old ugly piece of scaffolding here on the stage, and you'll, you'll hear more about that here in just a second. Um, but we are going to take a little bit of a departure here for the next couple of weeks. Not exactly sure how long we're going to stay here, um, but um, it's in prep this week for our message today, and was looking, you know, just kind of through some calendar things and realized that today, a year ago today, God called Kim and I um, to be lead pastors here at Calvary Church. And so I want to just say it was, yeah, well, thank you. That's like shameless way to say, hey, you know, applaud. You know, that's not why I said that. Oh, but it was an opportunity um, for me and, and for Kim, honestly, this past week, just to to assess and process, and it's kind of like New Year's resolutions, right? At the different moments in your life, there are those opportunities to kind of step back and look what God has done and to see what God is doing and to make sure that you're still on the right trajectory, that it's kind of that assessment mode. So that was kind of in prep for today, and I thought that uh, we were going to just kind of do a one-hit today, just kind of give you the, the unpacking of what God was doing in my heart and what he wanted to remind us of. And I just had too much. And then the, the pastoral staff would say amen to this when we were kind of going over this in meetings this past week. I said, you know what? This is too much for one day. Um, it's probably need, it probably needs to be a series. And they all shouted amen. And uh, they said, yes, you're, you're hearing from God on that. And so you could probably join with them on that as well. And uh, just help me today just launch into a series. So here's why the scaffolding thing comes into play. A few months ago, um, it was at a, a mighty men. That was a men's, our men's ministries here at Calvary. It was a breakfast that they were doing. And I was there and it was afterwards. And there was a, a man from our church, uh, that, uh, came up to me and, uh, just gave me a word of encouragement. And it was a word from the Lord that he prefaced it with pastor John, I'm not exactly sure what this means, uh, to you, but I felt like the Lord was sharing with me to share with you that what you have been in the middle of and what Calvary has been in the middle of these last few months and possibly years, there's a word that describes it and he's just simply said, I don't know what it means, but scaffolding. And I thought, well, I'm, you know, I've read the Bible through a couple times and I'm not sure that I've seen the word scaffolding, you know, whatever. But I do know that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians in, in chapter 3, verse 9, he says, you are God's building, right? And so we kind of looked at that and, and, and we, he and I talked a little bit about it. And here's what the Lord was saying through him to me and I believe to us as a church. That um, individually as well as corporately, uh, we can have those moments where the process that God is walking us through in growth and developing and becoming more like Jesus, it's not always necessarily the most exciting, flashy, like amazingly looking greatness things that God walks us through, right? I don't even know if that's a correct sentence, but you understand what I'm saying, is that sometimes there, there has to be those moments of, of, of growing roots so that we can grow up. And in that process, it's as if spiritually, God kind of needs to set up some scaffolding around our building and make sure that our structure is solid. 
So coming out of pandemic and all the stuff and, and different things about COVID, well, the truth, the, the church, we in the American church, we've gone through some of this remodeling um, even as the church and individually as well. So this idea of scaffolding is just simply the, the um, call to remembrance, the things and the structure and the system that God uses the principles to build something great. And I believe that God is in the middle of building something great in you and in your family and in his church. The scaffolding sometimes gets in the way. We don't necessarily, oh, that's not as exciting. But if without the scaffolding, you're going to be really hard pressed to build a structure that lasts. And so as I was processing through this, uh, this idea, there was about four or five different things, and, and we'll see how they, they fall out in the next couple weeks um, as it relates to these principles that God was allowing us to walk through these last 12 months since, since Kim and I have been here um, to, to make sure and to re-up our commitment into these principles that God uses to build great and awesome things. And so today, um, just as I, I was, we were kidding earlier with Pastor Tiffany and just the kid man, I said, I'm kind of channeling my inner kids pastor here today to uh, use some visual illustrations because I know that if you're like me, you learn a little bit better when you see it, hear it, and experience it. So you're, it's, your, it's up to you to experience it, but I'll do the, uh, the talking and the showing here today. So the first one, uh, the kind of principle that, uh, that God led us on, us being us at Calvary here is to to recalibrate, is to re-up our commitment and our posture as a church as it relates to this principle of giving. Okay, I feel like Vanna White here a little bit, but that's all right. So, uh, and I'm going to put this up here, and I know, I apologize for turning my back here, but I know that there's enough detailed people here that if I get this crooked you're not gonna hear another thing I say the rest of the time. So is that good? Is it good, Michael? Am I good? I'm straight? All right, you're my level here today. So there you go. So giving. I wanna talk to you a little bit this morning about giving and the idea that, that God is not silent on this principle. This is not something that, that church leaders have kind of concocted to, to sustain ministry. Please, that is not the heart at all of what God wants us to understand. But it is a, a leaning into the commitment that we've said many times that if it's in God's word, we're gonna stand on it. And we're gonna believe that it's a principle that God wants us to experience in our lives. Giving is one's such principle. Matthew chapter six, verse 21 and 24. By the way, I'm gonna give you a lot of scriptures so your note takers, you guys are gonna get ready. Uh, most of them are gonna be on the screen here today behind me. Matthew chapter 6, 21 and 24. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Here's the statement. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It's impossible. You cannot serve both. Psalm, uh, the 24th Psalms, verse one, it says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Everything that God has given you to be a, we'll say that, we'll unpack this phrase in a minute, the steward of, it belongs to God. You are not an owner. 
You're a steward of the things that God has allowed you to be the steward of. The earth is the Lord and everything is in everything in it. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 and 18. Uh, Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18, Moses is talking and he says this. He did all this, speaking of what the Lord had done, so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power uh, to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he confirmed with your ancestors. This idea of giving should not be intimidating. It should not be scary. It should not be even something that we kind of pull into ourselves and say, oh man, Pastor John, you, you just need to tell me that the Lord's with me and answers my prayers and all those things that I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna shout for those. But this one, yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit, you know, ooh, you know you're stepping... Can I just encourage you with something? If God owns everything anyway, then why do we get so concerned about the stuff that's in our sphere of influence? It's not ours in the first place. God has allowed us to be a vessel of, of, of generosity to the world. And I don't know about you, but I want to be the one that God trusts with his, with his resources and his stuff. And the way that I get to that point is that I trust him. And I say, God, this is all your stuff anyway. And, and so it's yours. I'll be a good steward. And, and I just know that God blesses uh, those individuals and churches that do that. So when we came here to Calvary, one of the things that we had to walk through was this um, recalibrating of, our, of the way that we gave, the way that we gave our resources. And what we realized is that in the middle of all these, we, we talk about this metaphor of buckets, right? And we talked about how many buckets we can give to. And so we'll talk about these two buckets here a little bit uh, uh, more uh, later, but I'll need to just kind of identify what they are and we'll unpack these a little bit. This bucket here, we're gonna spend some time here, is this word called tithes. It's kind of a, a, a biblical churchy word that if you don't know what it means, just don't, don't worry. We'll explain it here in a minute. And then over here, there was this bucket that we launched a few weeks ago called Kingdom Builders. And we'll talk about that a little bit too as to what that bucket looks like. But there was these two buckets. But the truth of it was, is that there was more than two buckets. In fact, this bucket over here didn't even really exist. It existed in principle, but we hadn't even named it yet. What we did have is we had a lot of other buckets that all of these buckets were really good. Can please hear me? These were really good buckets and are continually really good, amazing things that God allowed us to be a blessing. So for instance, one of these buckets that we had given to is things called local ministries. Now those were different opportunities that God gave us to bless ministries like Tabitha House, Teen Challenge, food banks, uh, uh, ministries uh, to, uh, to Smith Homes, different things like that, local ministries. We do and still continue to give into those buckets. Many of you, uh, a huge ministry that we give a lot to called Hope Ride, and then the ministry of reaching a generation that is a ministry in South Africa to, to not only provide water wells in different communities in South Africa, but to develop and to reach a generation of leaders, uh, young leaders in South Africa there in the, and not only in the country, but then to impact the continent. In fact, this year, we've sent already three teams to minister and be 
media partners with. That's an incredibly significant bucket. One of the buckets that we have given to is this idea of benevolence. Every week here at Calvary Church, there are needs that are presented to us that uh, we and the leadership get presented with that we um, um, are able to be a blessing to other people because God has given us the bucket of benevolence that we give to. There's a ministry called Serve 336. I mentioned a little bit about that as far as the different local. That's those of you that maybe join online say, what's 336? Area code here. That's the the ministries here locally that God has allowed us to do. One of the the most incredible things that we are in the middle of seeing how this um, involves kingdom builders is this bucket of future expansion. And in the, in the past, there's been a fund or a, a, a line item that we've given to. Maybe it says building fund or all that. We're expanding, pun intended, even the definition of this. To say, this is not about just giving to this building here, but this is about uh, allowing kingdom builders to be um, able to scholarship kids to go on missions trips, to, to, to help kids that feel called into ministry to go to Bible college and and build the kingdom into those spaces. That's an incredible uh, opportunity or future expansion. Then probably my favorite of the, the red buckets here is this idea of the missionary families that we support. And we, every month, through our generosity, we give to missionary families that go and take the gospel all over the world. In Romans, it talks about the fact that, that, that people, in order to know Jesus, that, that they can't, they can never be saved, the scripture says, unless someone tells them, unless someone preaches to them. And then that's impossible to be a, a preacher, the messenger to them, unless you're sent. And our responsibility gets to be the sending agencies of these missionary families to go all over the world where we may physically not be able to go. Can I tell you that since we've launched this idea of kingdom builders, our, in, our, our support of our missionary families has close to doubled what we have done in the past. And it's us saying, hey, we're going to re-up our commitment to that. That's a great time to applaud. You did well. So what we did in, in a few months ago, you know this, this, is a recap for some of you, some of you that are new, I'm trying to explain where, how our giving plays out from the church here. What we did is we recognized that all these, these buckets are incredible, they're great, but let's be singular focused, not get, away, get rid of any of these buckets, but let's build a bigger bucket. Let's allow God to do something in multiplication, and we have seen the, the not just a silly illustration visually, but when all of those buckets get put into this kingdom builder's bucket, right now, this date, right here, year to date, three, almost 300, right, just under $350,000 you've given through kingdom builders. It's the largest amount for a year in the history of our church in the last 10, 15 years, and we got three months left. We had a goal of a half a million dollars, and I just got news for you. I have faith to believe that we're going to hit that goal, because not so that we could say, yay, look at what we've done, but because we can say, hey, look how we've built the kingdom larger and a bigger expanse than we ever have. And that is something we can be excited about. So when we started looking at, at, at scaffolding and, and shoring up what God was building, it's really important for us to make sure that we were stewarding the resources well. And this idea of giving is not just a 
personal application, but also for us as the church as well. So we decided that we were going to name and kind of identify two buckets. And it was this bucket of the kingdom builders and then of the tithes. And if you'll allow me today, we're going to spend some time on identifying the promises of God that he has for you and for me as we recognize the significance of this bucket here called the tithes. And if some of you have already, I get it. I understand that sometimes I, I, I wish I said something to the pastoral staff between services. I said, wouldn't it be fun in a message like this to see the thought bubble over everybody's head? It would for me, trust me, that'd be fun. Uh, But sometimes, I get it, I've been there, I understand that sometimes when we have those areas of our lives where we've yet to say, hey God, be the Lord over this area of our life, it it causes us to kind of withdraw a little bit. And can I just invite you not to do that, maybe just allow God to um, give you a different view today on his scripture and the promises that he's given to you. Here's my heart in sharing this with you today. Not about your money. Calvary Church does not need your money. You need God's blessings in your life. And Calvary will always be about preaching the promises the promises of God's word, even when sometimes they cause us a, and quite honestly, this isn't just a personal thing, it's a professional thing too, in that as, a, as the leader of the church, there are times that, that we kind of inhale a little bit and say, God, you're testing our faith here a little bit. You know, I know this because in this bucket right here, there's a lot of little buckets that don't get any applause. There's a bucket of property insurance there's a bucket of maintenance. There's a bucket that says when, when we have a, an AC unit go out and it's got to be fixed. There's a bucket of payroll. There's a bucket of, of different paper goods supplies. You guys use a lot of paper towels and toilet paper. Let me just tell you that right now. You know, th- those things don't get really exciting to me, right? But it does give us an opportunity to say, hey, if it's all built on the principle of giving, it doesn't matter which bucket is. We're going to make sure the foundational piece is in place so that out of the overflow, we can make this bucket bigger. That's the heart behind what God is trying to do in and, in and through us. So this idea, back to the scripture about God owns it all anyway, why would we not just put the posture on our lives as stewards is where we want to, to make sure that we're all focused on. We are stewards and not owners. Many of you know the, 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 the preacher, the late preacher's name is John Wesley. Uh, Wesley was in the middle of this, this preaching environment and experience there. He was preaching service. And this guy runs into the building after having, you see the kind of the open air, whatever he rides in on his horse, actually jumps off the horse, runs down to the front and he's talking and he's yelling at John Wesley, the preacher, like interrupting his message. He said, Mr. Wesley, and he's, you know, out of breath. Mr. Wesley, you gotta, you gotta stop. You've got to come quick. There's been a terrible thing that has happened. Your house your house has burned down. Now, that would be a, a really bummer of a way to interrupt a message, right? Wesley, in all of his spiritual wisdom, and I, wish, I hope I would be of the same posture, right? In the middle of getting that report, literally this happened, Wesley, he processed what had happened and responded, no, no, it wasn't my house. It was the Lord's house, and now it just seems like I have one less responsibility to worry about. 
Yeah, it's uh, maybe an extreme story, but the truth of it is, if we can ever get to the point where we say, God, this is yours, and if you'll allow me, um, I'll continue to be a blessing to others through the things that you've allowed me to be a steward over, but when we start doing this, it's really hard for God to give us anything more into our hands. God, I just want to be that person. I want to lead a church that would be that, that, that type of church. And I promise you, if you're visiting with us today or joining online and you're kind of checking out, this is that type of church. That's why we can celebrate that that bucket is huge and growing day by day because we're building God's kingdom. We're stewards of it. Truth of it is, is that God's word is very... Um, very active in this conversation about money. There's about 500 verses in the Bible that talk about prayer, about 500 verses that talk about faith, or over 2,000 verses in the scripture that speak of money or possessions. Jesus talked about money and our giving in 16 of his 38 parables. This is not a subject that the Lord says, hey, whatever you wanna do, just, just do that. No, God's very, very uh, present in this space, and I believe we should be too. The prince principle of tithing really is more about first. Everybody say first. All right. How many of you are the firstborn of your family? All right. Well, you're going to be sacrificed today. Come on up. I'm just teasing. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Yeah, I can say that because I'm the baby of the family, you know, right? But all throughout scripture, when you look through the, the different, uh, different applications of this idea of giving and tithing and sacrifice and what we bring to the Lord, it has to do with the first. It has to do with first fruits, our firstborn. It has to do with the first of our resources. Exodus chapter 13, verse two, it says, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals. They belong to me. Romans chapter eight then says that God even himself understands this when he said God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. So that, check this out, his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. It's as if God was saying to us, hey, I'll go first. I'll lead out in giving you the firstborn, my firstborn to you. Jesus himself was given as a sacrifice for our sins as the firstborn, as God's first and only begotten son, right? As a, as a, as a payment for our sins to redeem us. And what God says through this principle of tithing, if we'll allow those first fruits, the first of our resources and gifts be given back to God, then he he can redeem the rest as well. He's modeled that to us in his son. All throughout scripture, we see the, the, the metaphor of this. Some of you that have, 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 maybe you've seen the movie and the depiction of the plagues in Egypt and Moses and all. It's an incredible story. And it's one that is, is really a challenging story if you don't know the beauty of this, this idea of redemption through the lamb. Because at the end of the story in the plagues in Egypt, that, that last one is that the firstborn of all these families, they would die. The firstborn children would be, be killed. But that's, a, that's an incredible judgment on this place. Unless the blood of the lamb was over the door. Unless 
there was this, this symbolic representation of the sacrifice of that lamb over the door. And God was simply saying to us, unless you allow the lamb of God, Jesus is named as, as is called the lamb that was a sacrifice for. It's a symbolic thing that would say, hey, with that sacrifice that God gave in his firstborn, he redeems us. He saves us. So if you're here today and you say, I haven't even begun this relationship with Jesus. I don't even know how this tithing talk is going to apply to me. I got news for you. You were the beneficiary of God's first tithe. You were the benefit. We are the beneficiary of God saying, I'll give my first so that we could start this relationship with Jesus in, in, a, in a really incredible and miraculous way. Even today, at the end of our time today, you may say, you know what, that's where I'm at. I just want to start this journey. And we're going to have some leaders up front that would love to pray together with you. You would say, I, I received that. I accept that. That's God's pattern in giving his first we're going to talk in a minute how tithing really means tenth, but I want you to understand this idea. One more illustration about this. It's really less about the percentage and more about the posture of our heart in the first. For instance, in that agricultural society, when they were talking about giving the life, the firstborn lamb or the firstborn of the goats and the cows and all this stuff, that, that really it was more the first than about the percentage. For instance, if a farmer had, he was a, he was a shepherd, and he had sheep, then they would not wait until that female sheep the you, right? They would not wait until she gave birth to 10 lambs and then give the first one because that's a tithe, right? That's 10%. No, they would give the first in a very real sense. That's a model for us to say, God, whether it's monthly, bi-week, whatever, whatever the resource is, the first, it's yours, and God just wants to say to you, if you'll, you'll, you'll follow his obedience in that posture, boy, I'm telling you, as a life standing in front of you that could tell you story after story, my life is a testimony of this, that God blesses the 90 and, and then beyond that more than I could ever manage the 100. That's just God's principles. It always plays out. So what does the Bible say about this idea of tithing? Specifically, Exodus chapter 23, it says this, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest harvest to the house of the Lord your God. Now, I want you to understand that time and place, right? This scripture was being written to an agricultural society. So when it's talking about harvest and crops and all this stuff, it's the, the fruit of their work. It's their hand, what their hands have found to do. For you, that may be in, in business that you're building a house. That may be that you're in sales. That may, whatever. But it's the fruit of the works of your hands. That's the harvest that he's speaking of. Proverbs chapter three, it says this in verse nine and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all of your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing. One of the most powerful scriptures on tithing is Malachi, the prophet. He said this in chapter three, verse six, I am the Lord, I do not change. Aren't you glad about that promise right there, that we don't serve a God who just is like just all over the map and we can't, def no, no, we go to his word, we look and learn about his character and we can trust him. And we can build our lives on that. I am the Lord, I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. He said this, ever since the days of your ancestors, you've scorned me, scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? 
He answers these questions, asks them, and then answers them. He says, should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? This is a word from God. The prophet's saying a tough word. He said, you've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me, and you're under a curse. For your whole nation has been cheating me. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Can I tell you today that if you are concerned about this economy, that the inflation, that you go to the grocery store and you say, I got two loaves of bread, a a dozen eggs, and that'd be $75. You know, I filled up my tank and that's the rest of my paycheck. And I, it's, it's a crazy time we're living in, right? I just want to tell you something. God has not changed and his economy is different than ours. And he will always provide, he will sustain, and it may look different than you think. It may not be the same like Western way, of th- but God is the God of provision and he will not fail. His purpose and his promise is never changing. Can I tell you that his promises and his desire is always, will always, and it will continue to be to seek and to save that which was lost. And so if he can find a people that he can accomplish that purpose, and sometimes it happens through resources being given through a people that would be a blessing into the kingdom building purpose that he has, then I'm telling you, he is not limited by inflation. He is not limited by anything that we feel pressure by. He's just saying, hey, I invite you on this journey. His prophet is saying to the people then, and he doesn't change and he says it to us now, try it. Put me to the test. Isn't that a bold statement? This is the almighty God, the creator of the universe that's saying, hey, try this. Just go ahead and try me out. You don't believe me? Just try it. Try it. Put me to the test. I can't fail. Wow, how encouraging should that be to us to look at the events and the culture that we live in and say, you know what? I'm not even worried. I'm not even worried because God's word never changes and, and I just trust in him. I, I have a different filter that I see things with because his purposes are still the same. And yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I may have to, to, to shift my resources a little bit, but I'm sure not gonna shift the principles by which I am building my life upon because boy, that's shaky ground and I need God's hand of blessing in my life. And that's what this is all about. Tithing simply means a tenth. And if we look in the scripture, when we have this idea of ten, there's significance many times in, in, in the, the repeated nature that God uses numbers. And this idea of ten always surrounds this idea of testing. God gave us the Ten Commandments to see if we could live up to the law. God test Jacob's heart while he was working for Laban. If you know the story, the, the wages that he was paid was changed ten different times. He tests Daniel, God did, in the first chapter of Daniel for ten days. In Matthew chapter 25, ten virgins were tested for their preparedness. There was ten days of testing mentioned in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Ten always represents an element of testing. 
How are you doing at the test? You say, well, Pastor John, I'm sure glad you uh, insinuated that that was a rhetorical question. It was, it was. But I think it's important for us to look at God's word and assess and evaluate. God, is this an area that you're wanting me to follow you a little bit more closely in? How are we doing as a church? How are we doing as a nation? Well, let me share with you just a little bit. This is challenging to me. I, this is, these are ones that I'm like, Lord, let it not be of us. Let us, let us be the exception to these, these stats. This was a, a Barna research report that actually just came out last month, September of, tw- of 2022. It said this, 21%, 21% of practicing Christians um, gave 10% or more to the church. 21%. That's tough. That means 79% of us have, have yet to fully obey God's word. Ooh, Pastor John, you're, you're really, that's a tough word. Study also goes on to say that uh, there's another source that's called the nonprofitsource.com. It says only three to 5% of Americans who give to their local church do so through regular, regular tithing. Like it's, it's, a, it's a pattern, it's a habit in your life. Well, that's the beauty of the first uh, idea is that when we, when we get, we, we return. And, and God allows us to, to return his tithes back to him. And so even if the total percentage of giving is X percentage, then if it's not that regular habit, I, I just want you to, I'm inviting you to go on this journey with me to say, there's this, this practice of spiritual discipline that the Lord says, test me in this. God's principles will always stay true. 43% of practicing Christians don't even know what the term tithe means. 43%. Well, 100% of you do now because tithe means 10th and it's the first fruits of what God requires of us in our giving. 43% said they don't even know what it means. And then the same study said 99% of pastors knew what tithe meant. I want to find the 1%, right? Like, I'm just like, you know, what Bible college you go to? You know, whatever. So I'm just, anyway, 99% there and then 43% here. You know what that tells me? As pastors, we need to do a better job of teaching the full gospel, the full word. Because if there's that much of a gap, then we haven't done our part. And I'm spending some time here today to say that, that we need to be the exception to this. To say that when God says the tithe, he simply means that first 10% belongs to him. And we have the opportunity to say, God, bless the rest and do that. I figured it'd be pretty quiet right there. Yeah, I just know. You're taking notes feverishly. I get it. Let me give you one more. This is interesting from Christianity Today. Um, it says this. Christians gave a greater percentage of their income during the Great Depression than they do today. Lord, forgive us. God has blessed us and he allows us to be a blessing to others and that's the side of the equation that I wanna be a part of. That's the heart from which this comes to say, God, continue to bless through us. Some people would say this, well, tithing, it's just Old Testament law. You've read a bunch of scriptures about 
lambs and sheep and harvest and grain and all this stuff. And when we get to the New Testament, it's all about grace and, and Jesus changed the game. You're right, Jesus changed the game. Jesus actually said he came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. And then he goes so far to say in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, he's speaking, if you're reading in your Bible, this is red letter. He's talking to religious leaders and he says this, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, catch this next phrase, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What was Jesus saying? He was saying to them, this is foundational. This is the base level. This is where you've got to start. They were saying, look at my tithe and this and that. They were boasting in this. And he was saying, really? But what he wasn't saying is, no, you shouldn't even do that. He was saying, no, this is foundational. I want to bless you in more depth of knowledge and, and following me. But, but yes, do that. But then come up and focus on more important things. But sometimes we get to a position where we say, you know what, God, that's really tough because it's really a tough season right now. I want to just live over here. And the whole time, Jesus' words kind of need to ring out. And he says, you know, you, you want this over here, but you're not even willing to be the fa- do the foundational thing over here. I was actually better than what you responded right then. I just want you to know that God's words... God's words are true no matter how uncomfortable they make us. And, and we've got to get to the point, church, I'm, I'm inviting you on this journey to, you know, one year in, and some of you said at the, uh, in, in between the services, I was kidding with somebody, and they're like, wow, honeymoon's over, Pastor John's been here a year, he's like, gloves are off, you know, that, you know. I get it. We can laugh. And fun, but, but honestly, sometimes we feel like that. I'm just wanting to tell you today that if you're a, a, a willing uh, vessel to say, hey, well, how about we go on this journey of obedience? How about we go on this journey of saying, God, we're going to trust the entirety of your word and we're going to just put you to the test and we're just going to live it out. And, and God, you're going to have to show up because we're weak in this. And quite honestly, sometimes we doubt and sometimes we struggle with our emotions attached to this, but I got news for you. God's word is true and he does not change and he will serve his purposes on this world through us or not. I, for one, want to be part of that equation. I want to be involved and to be a vessel to where God says, hey, I can continue to give through through you. Is this about money? No, it's about trust. It's about your heart. And it's about what the Bible says, where your treasure is, there where your, they'll, will your heart be also. For one, for me, I want my treasure right here. I want my treasure in a kingdom that cannot fail. I want my treasure in a kingdom that understands forward movement and that loves everybody and that sends his son to down a cross for you and for me. In that kingdom, I want to be a part. But I can never get to this bucket if I jump over this bucket. All right, Pastor Tom, I'm going to go meddling here. Some of you would say, Pastor John, that's not true. 
because I've given into this bucket and I don't do this. And let me just tell you what, we've, we've used those resources and we've spent them to build the kingdom and that's great. But you're robbing from God. And I just want to tell you, I want God to bless you, not just for financial reasons. I want your kids to be blessed. I want your kids to see in your life an attitude of faithfulness as hopefully my kids have. My kids are, the, the, are, are tithers to this day. Why? Because God's word says to do it. And I want blessings to be upon their lives. This, this week, I, I heard from my oldest daughter. She's in nursing school and, and she's wrapping up and she texted us last night and there were, there were some a situation happened at a hospital hospital in Dallas where two nurses at a hospital that, that she wasn't at, but a hospital that, that her school puts people in, two nurses were shot and killed while they were doing their job serving people. And I got to I gotta be honest with you, my heart as a dad said, oh, change, change your profession. Like, get out of that. Do something safe. And then I thought, well, what is? You know, that kind of deal. And you, whatever. And I said, God, I just know that I'm not the owner of anything, and I'm gonna be the steward. And I know that my, my daughter, Chelsea, and her, and her husband, and my son-in-law, Christian, they're tithers, and they give. And so you know what I know? is that they're not mine anyway, and their resources are not theirs anyway, and that they understand this idea of stewardship. And so this blessing, boy, it hit home even last night. You said, that doesn't have anything to do with tithing. Oh, yes, it does. Because when we get the mentality that, God, these things, these resources, our family, they're not mine. They're yours. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be a steward of them for this brief time. But the truth of it is, is you're going to die and go. And those resources, they're not going to mean anything to you anyway. You can be a blessing to others through if you realize the stewardship of God's principles is so rich. It's so great. Learn it now as, as a young believer, as a young follower of Jesus. And I promise you, God will take you into depths that That'll, that'll blow your mind. Oh, I'm gonna wrap it up. I got more, but I was gonna wrap it up with this. Kim and I, I'll just be transparent here a little bit. We have been tithers from the day that we were married and before that as, as, a, as a young adult. I'm, I'm telling you God's principles are true. I could tell you time and time again, when I was a youth pastor at a, at a church in Paris, Texas, First Assembly in Paris, Texas, I could, if I went in the sanctuary, I could tell you the pew that I sit under and uh, prayed one morning, and it was tough. We were, I was the youth pastor. I was the, she was the bus driver. We were the janitors. I mowed the yard, and, and I... It was amazing how we even survived. Kim waited tables at a restaurant there, and it was tough, and we, we were struggling. And I remember so clearly that one day God said, you know, we tithed and we did all that, but God said, give your paycheck away. And I said, ah, you know, it couldn't do that. That was, you know, whoa, whatever. We did that. And that, uh, that Sunday, uh, someone came, us, came up to us in the foyer of the church and gave us a blessing, and God returned. I could tell you about vehicles, um, multiple vehicles that we've given away because we understand the principle of tithe and then offering the blessing. And every time God has blessed, sometimes financially, kind of a, a, the, 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 the same way, other times just in different ways, the blessings are there. I can tell you this, that the key sometimes, just for me personally, that when God wants to take me to deeper positions and places in my relationship with, he, with him, it seems like the key to that gate of my heart is in the, uh, these buckets up here. 
And I think it's because God's word is true. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My goal as, as a follower of Jesus has nothing to do with being a pastor. My goal for us personally is that one day this tithe wouldn't be a 10% of us. But our goal, we've said this publicly and we've, as, a, as a couple, I want to get to the place where I, I give away 50%. Like I say to God, and even, i just make a new comment here, 51, because I want him to be majority stakeholder, right? Hey, wouldn't that be awesome? I, I believe that God will honor that. And I can tell you this, that right now that, that our giving is more than 10% a year, uh, quite a bit. And each year, what we do is we want that to be increased. We want that to be incremental. When I do my taxes at the end of the year, I look at that and I say, did we go up? And, and most years, we have a couple years um, we we notched down a little bit and it, it kind of convicted us it challenged us we said well stink we need to find some different buckets and start investing more seed and I can tell you that it's just an exciting journey it's fun and God will bless if you're sitting here today and say you know what I've never even done that and that's really I, there's, I can't afford to I would push on you a little bit and say this 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 may sound a little bit flippant and I'll explain uh, you really can't uh, afford not to <laughs> And I'll, I'll say this, the Bible is very clear and it says, test me in this. And so let's do that. What if, if you're saying, you know what, I've never been a tither. I give sporadically, you know, whatever. But what if this year, what if starting now you'd say, okay, I'll start. I'll just take a baby step. I'll, just, I'll, I'll try 2%. It's good for milk, why not? You know, whatever, that's a bad joke. Yeah. Watch how God blesses the 98 Six months, say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try 4%, 6%. Watch how God blesses the remainder. And I promise you, God's word is faithful and he will bless, not just necessarily, oh, walk to the mailbox every day and look, name it, claim it. No, 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 don't understand. But God will sustain you and provide his blessing. His word cannot fail. See if I won't pour open the wind of blessings and open the windows of heaven. After service this morning, early service, I couldn't, there was a line for me. I went in the lobby of people standing and said, we've been tithers for 35 years. And I can tell you this, and just testimony after testimony after testimony of God's blessing and faithfulness. I, the Lord, do not change. Test me in this. See if I won't pour open windows of heaven. You say, Pastor John, you've talked a lot about giving and finance. Yeah, I have. Because it's in God's word and it's part of the scaffolding of what God is asking us to make sure that we've got solid so that he can build something significant. God's word is true, amen? Stand with me all over this room as we conclude. This idea of giving is not just about resources and money. It's about our time. It's about serving. That's why I don't ever, I'm not ashamed of saying, hey, we need more volunteers to serve in these particular ministries because it's about us giving ourselves. And so that's great. But before we can fully give ourselves or our resources to anything, the biggest thing that we can understand is that for God so loved the world that he gave. And the biggest, the best representation of a firstborn, a first fruit of God's gift to us is that he gave his son Jesus to die on a cross so that my sins and yours could be forgiven. If you're joining with us online or maybe you're for the first time here in the building today and, and you've never begun that relationship with Jesus, that's the biggest gift I or anybody could ever give to you is the opportunity to enter into that relationship with him. 
because that's when the journey starts. This idea of giving, this, this, these words that we've read in this, this scripture, even, you know, uh, it was written to Christians, it was written to believers and that depth and their knowledge. But, but boy, the invitation before we even get to that point is just to personally to enter into that relationship with Jesus. And he loves you so much that he, he died on a cross for you. The Bible said that we had sin and that with that sin in our lives, we could not be made in right relationship with God. There had to be a penalty and he paid it. He paid it for me and he paid it for you. And entering into a right relationship with God is simply saying, Jesus, I accept that forgiveness that you, you've purchased for me. So if you're joining online or in this room, I'm gonna ask you a question. If you'd be so bold to say, hey, Pastor John, would you include me in this prayer at the end to invite Jesus into my heart? You've come to the place of your, your life. You said, that's, that's really the first step for me. I feel like the Holy Spirit has drawn me to that decision. If that's you in this room, would you do me a favor? Would you just raise your hand and just kind of let me see it real quick and then, then we'll, we'll pray together. I'm just gonna ask you to do that here in the room. Anybody? You say, Pastor John, I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed by that. Boy, those of us, many of us in the room that aren't raising our hands have already done this and we've already entered that relationship. Anybody in the room? I'd love to pray with you. If you're joining with us online, there's an opportunity there. The, the online campus pastors will provide a link there and we'd love to pray with you as well and go on that journey with you. I'm gonna ask the prayer team, those leaders that are available for us to pray together with to come forward at this time. We're gonna conclude in just a minute. I know the, the word today, a little, bit, a little bit about growing deep. It's a little bit about us as believers. It's the first part of this scaffolding idea. And for, for us, one year into this journey, I couldn't think of a better thing for us to do than to say, look what the Lord has done. He has been faithful and God is continuing to bless, but we've gotta make sure this foundational piece is right so that this can continue to increase. Next week, boy, please, please be here. It's gonna be an honor to have our general superintendent here and he's gonna be speaking on this idea of building the kingdom. And when you, you understand the, the, the breadth of influence that is under his leadership, you, you start seeing this idea of what we're doing here in the triad, the bigger picture of what God is doing. I'm telling you, your faith is going to be increased. God is doing some great things in his church and uh, Doug's gonna help us uh, to kind of see that a little bit next week. But the principles this week are true. God loves you. God loves you more than I do. And I love you a lot. And we've just been honored to, to walk this journey out with you thus far. And, and someone said earlier uh, in the service, after the first service, is uh, you used buckets in this, you know, kind of a first year in. Just don't kick the bucket, Pastor John. Don't do that. And I was like, well, that's an awfully strange comment or whatever. Anyway. Let me pray for you today as we're dismissed. Father, I love you. I thank you so much for the men and women in this room. God, I thank you that, that you are calling us to out of our experience with you to then follow you. And as we are following you, we'll serve. And, and God, I just thank you so much for the men and women that are so committed to that purpose. And your purpose never changes and you... You invite us to go along with you on that as well, to reconcile other people to you. We thank you for that unique honor and privilege. We thank you for your purposes in Jesus' name.
Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and your coming and going. May he give you strength and grace to be a reflection of his grace and power to your families, the community, and all over the triad. God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week. If you'd like prayer, we'd love to join together with you in prayer as you're dismissed. God bless you.